Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Let's dive in. I want to talk about motivation today because I've been seeing so much motivational content online and it's gotten me thinking about what actually helps us to start to realize that we want to change the trajectory of our lives, aka set a goal, and then sustain it, which is essentially what motivation is. I even looked up on Google And it said the process that initiates, guides, and maintains goal-oriented behaviors. So in simple terms, that's a catalyst, it's a why, and it's a force that drives us on. The thing that's really fascinating to me is that most motivational content and most of the things that we see which trigger this kind of visceral reaction that we need to change our behavior, they don't actually help us start or sustain that. So it appears that motivation is far more than just inspiration. And if we break this down into three key elements, the what, the why, and the how, then we're actually going to be able to get to our goals rather than just want to get to them and then feel worse and worse and further away because we realize we're either not starting on them or we're not getting any closer no matter how many times we try because we keep giving up. And I think about this almost like a rocket launcher, which is something I know very, very little about. And I might even be saying this wrong. But if you think about one of those movies where you see someone counting down and there's all that old footage and it's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have left off. We've got the direction, which is that's the guide. That's where you're trying to go. So be that the moon, be that Mars, be that who the heck knows where. There's some kind of goal that is pointing in some direction. And then we've got the initial push off the ground. That's whatever is driving the rocket, the fuel, the... I know it's... it's I don't think it's fuel. It's some kind of explosion at the bottom there. And then you have that second piece to it where once the rocket is actually launched the there is the fuel that comes into play and keeps that rocket moving and that's the sustained action or the drive towards the goal I thought of this in a different analogy which I know a lot more about and that's the three d's of uh, apparition as laid out by Waiki Twycross, why try saying that? Wilkie Twycross, the Ministry for Magic official and apparitions instructor, 
in Harry Potter. So if you're a Harry Potter buff or if you're not, you're going to learn a whole lot more about this coming right up because apparition, which I wish we had, would be the coolest thing ever, is basically you turn on the spot, you think about where you want to go and then you transport there. It's teleportation essentially. But in order to learn apparition in the Harry Potter books, there's these three Ds that the instructor, Wilkie, Tycross talks about, which is destination, determination, and deliberation. I can hear Stephen Fry reading this in my head because my kids and myself have listened to this so many times. But he says that one has to be completely determined to reach, reach one's destination and move without haste, but with deliberation. So when I think about motivation, I think about these three Ds, destination, determination, deliberation, we've got all of those elements that motivation needs, the destination, the goal that we're driving towards, the determination, which is that initial push off into some kind of action, and then the deliberation, which is probably probably those two things are more mixed up. The deliberation is the, the initial push, and then the determination is that drive to keep going. So if we think about this from the very beginning, we must have a goal. We've got to have some kind of start and that's where we want to end up. And I think this boils down to the hero's journey. I've talked about the hero's journey before. I've shared about it in a podcast. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend you stop this episode right here and you go listen to that how to become the hero of your own story. It is all about the way that the hero which is you, which is me, moves through their life, overcoming challenges and obstacles to ultimately up-level to the kind of person that will face that ultimate battle and will either succeed or die trying because they've changed their entire identity along the way. This mindset or this view of yourself as a hero has become so pivotal to my understanding of motivation and what drives people to the point where the mission statement of Lean With Plants is helping women to become the hero of their own story. Because nobody is coming to save us. We will have to overcome all odds. We will have to go through what seem to be insurmountable challenges. And how we face this is going to determine whether we emerge the victim the villain or the hero that ultimately gets the prize, gets the girl, gets the thing at the end and becomes the the 1% or the the reason that we would even be interested in the story in the first place. The the person who rises and then becomes the inspiration for everyone else. I think a lot of this comes into how we see our future and what our future is going to look like and looking at our lives in the context of it being a story and that at some point within the next year, five years, 10 years, when you're an old granny looking back, that you have made some kind of hero's journey. And I think that this is so incredibly important because it allows us to have a destination. It allows us to have some kind of push or pull, depending on where you're looking from, a pull towards the future or a push from the past. No matter how you look at it, it is destinational and it means that we are thinking about ourselves 
and having this context of change. It's really about having a growth mindset and I don't think you have to have some big goal. Like here's the thing that's really important. You don't have to think of yourself as running an ultra marathon one day or being a millionaire or uh, being a supermodel. It's nothing like that. It's really just having an idea that growth and change is possible and at some point in your life, you are going to be looking at the challenges and obstacles of today and seeing them in the context of success. And if you don't have this, if you look at your life and you don't see yourself changing over the next year or 10 years, then you don't really have any reason to change your behavior because your current behavior is going to set the stage for who you are in the future. And if you look at that and you like the trajectory of your life, then don't change it. You have absolutely no reason to do that. But if you look and you're like, hey, I'm not where I want to be, then you need to change that story. You need to change your behavior now so that the outcome for the hero can be different. And then when we have this context of this hero that at some point is going to level up in their life and that they've achieved and they've overcome all these obstacles, it lets us see ourselves in the story right now. And this is the part that's super exciting because we get to experience the journey and the struggle of the journey as a hero, even when we haven't achieved that goal yet. Because when we're the hero of our stories, then we know that those challenges and obstacles are going to be overcome. And we know that they are a vital part of that hero becoming the best version of themselves. And so when we see ourselves in this amazing, incredible story of our lives, and we see ourselves in the journey, which is the messy middle, it's everything that we're experiencing right now, it's all of the boring stuff, it's the day-to-day mundane, then we're able to look at that with meaning and purpose because that is part of the ultimate journey. And then we've got two ways that we're going to see this based on your viewpoint of life. And obviously I'm seeing this as myself and in, in the hero of my story and that I'm going to overcome these things. But if you don't see it in that way, then you are by default going to be a victim because you're going to be ultimately swayed by whatever is happening to you whether you succeed or fail is going to depend on circumstances outside of your control most of the time so the hero instead takes radical responsibility and they become incredibly proactive to change their environment to never make excuses to work through things when they're hard to invest in the things that they need to to see success to get around the people that they need to 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 have hard conversations to break down each and every door and each and every obstacle as it comes up because they see that as necessary to their journey so it's it's about being the main character of your life or being the person on the sidelines that is really just going to be waiting around for someone else to save them but the thing is no one else is there to save you and this is really key when you think about do we make excuses or do we use these reasons as a strong why I had this epiphany the other night I was coming home from the gym it had been a hard day I was at the gym and really the only reason that I consistently show up is because I have now this internal integrity where if I say that I'm going to do something I will do it I will make myself show up for it because I've proven for many small things which we will talk about but I was coming home from the gym it was 9 p.m actually it was late it was like 10 p.m and on the way there I'd been eating tofu I've been eating tofu because I'm trying to get them gains I'm trying to eat a bit more protein I was trying to just 
like not chug back, but it was it was pretty dry. I had a little bit of seasoning on it, straight tofu, tiny bit of seasoning in the air fryer. Eating that, drinking my pre-workout on the way to the gym, nine o'clock, thinking like, what is this life? Nine o'clock on a Friday night, put it that way. Come home, 10 p.m., and I'm sitting in the car, and I'm thinking about this is such a little montage in my story. Like, this is such a a little scene. This is the, I heard this amazing thing on a podcast the other day. And he said, the Rocky scene, if you haven't seen Rocky, go watch it. The Rocky scene where he's training hard, he's running in the rain, he's running upstairs, he's sweating, he's doing pull-ups, all these things. The Rocky scene lasts 30 seconds in the movie, but in real life, it lasts five years. It's stuck with me so much because when we see these hero stories and we look at we look up to people who have achieved inspirational things, we look at the the during or the before of what it took for them to get there, and it it's really satisfying to look back and, at your hard work. It's really unsatisfying to be going through hard work in the moment. And so we see it from other people and we see it from that perspective. It's, it's meaningful, it's satisfying, it's amazing. But when we're actually going through it, it's, it's really not. But I had this epiphany that right then and there, the same stimuli can create two different types of people. That one person, and it would have used to have been me because I was a massive victim in my life, hugely. I, I, I might talk about this if I get a bit of time later on. But the same person could have a terrible day and use that as their strong why that they needed to go to the gym, that they needed to work extra hard, that they needed to to really like smash, smash out a workout. And they're they're just in their little element, they got their hoodie on, and you kind of think of like this inspirational music going, and there's this person and they're like pumping iron and they're just they're in their zone and they're eating like their tofu, and that was me at 10 p.m. and I had this kind of I had this idea of myself and you can see it. Like I have to really hype this up because it, it, we have to make things satisfying and meaningful for us in order to be motivated to continue. I, I will talk about this. This is why I do all this, all these weirdo things. But then I thought, well, the same person c- could have used that. It's 9 p.m. It's I've had a hard day. It's been a long, difficult whatever. I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to eat chips and Netflix. Isn't that funny? Isn't that scary? Isn't that sad? Isn't that crazy? That that same reasoning will be one person's excuse and one person's why. And what I keep coming back to is that the hero stops making excuses. They take flippin' radical proactive responsibility for the outcome of their lives and how they respond in those hard moments. They do not see success as something that is going to be determined by someone else. I always think about how the hero overcomes unreasonable odds. That they are not just someone who is kind of run of the mill, normal. They're normally the underdog. They're normally especially weak, especially nerdy, especially overweight, especially handicapped in some way formal shape and that's why we love their stories because they overcome so much and the greater that someone overcomes the more that we enjoy and appreciate their story 
So we have that choice right now within the journey to see ourselves either as the victim and or see ourselves as the hero. And the most important piece of this is how we see struggle and obstacles. Because if the hero is the least likely person to succeed, then they are also the most likely to become villains or victims if they choose to take a different path. It gives meaning to our response, not just our circumstance. Let me say that again. It gives meaning to our response, not just our circumstance. Because your circumstance may be harder than someone else's. It may be take more. It may take more for you to overcome it. It may require phenomenally more effort than a genetically blessed 25-year-old who is rich and has ample time to work out. Most likely it will. But if you see yourself within that light of this journey right here, it's meant to feel or it's, it, it's okay for it to feel rough and it's okay for it to have its challenges and that you see those as a real key part of your story because you're thinking about them from a future perspective, then it allows us to navigate them with a lot more responsibility but also a lot more grace for ourselves. It allows us to see them as opportunities for growth, not as things that are going to tear us down. We can see that as vital and necessary and a chance to level up who we are rather than just unlucky and unfair. And every time I hear someone use the words, well, it's hard for me, or like my metabolism is broken, or like, why is this, it should feel easy. I feel so frustrated. It's like, yeah, like I get that. I feel that. But that's what makes your story meaningful. And whether it is harder for you or not is irrelevant to your response. Because the same person or the same stimuli that created someone like Corrie Ten Boom, who was an amazing uh, Dutch, I'm pretty sure, either Dutch or Polish, I think she, no, she was Dutch. Dutch woman hid Jews during the Holocaust, ultimately was captured and uh, went to a prison camp with her sister. Her sister died in the prison camp. Her entire family ended up dying during the Holocaust. And sh she and her sister were helping people in the prison camps. They maintained this exceptional level of humility, humanity, courage and perseverance and compassion, not just for the other prisoners, but for the guards as well, in what would be seen as unsurmountable circumstances, the very same circumstances that created a response in other people that turned them into animals, that turned them into the worst versions of humans. You have the same stimuli. What do you have that's different? You have a victim or a villain or you have the hero. The only real difference is how the hero responds to obstacles and struggles. The hero goes, it's hard and that's what makes my story meaningful because they see it from that perspective. And there's this quote that I love from Mark Manson, which I did not find, but he talked about, <laughs> it's not about having a struggleless life. It's not about having an easy, easy life. It's about having meaningful struggle. 
I talked about this on a live that I did with our Lean of Plants community the other day and there were some amazing insights that came out of that conversation and one of them was talking to one of our members and she was saying that she realized she'd been shooting on herself which I've talked about in other episodes essentially saying it should feel different I should have done differently I should be further along than I am right now and letting go of that because a should is just an expectation that something needs to be different from what it is right now rather than facing what is right now and responding to reality very complicated way of saying I wish reality was different rather than saying reality is what it is I'm going to do what's required to overcome it the funny thing was that a lot of time we should on ourselves because that journey that rocky montage which does take 5 10 20 years depending on what you're trying to achieve that is only 30 seconds in the movie that will most likely feel longer than it should be. It will feel more difficult than it should be. And when you let go of that idea that it should feel easy, then it allows you to embrace the difficulty and paradoxically, it gets easier and it gets faster because you take on that radical responsibility. You start saying to yourself, it is the way it is because of the response that I have. It is the way it is because of the choices that I've made. I am where I am today because of the behavior, the habits, the choices, the circumstances, everything that has happened in the past has led me to exactly where I should be or I am, not even I should be, just I am today. And therefore, if I want to change it, then I'm going to take ownership for that. And I'm going to start making changes. That's the catalyst. That's the why. That's that realization. Okay, things have got to change. The moment that we start doing that and we leave excuses on the table because heroes don't make them. They just get on with it. They get on with the struggle. They deal with the problems and the obstacles that they have. When we do that, we start to see real phenomenal changes because we're no longer saying that something outside of our control is going to bring them. We're no longer waiting for someone to come around and save us. Whether we like it or not, we are always in some kind of journey. And where motivation fails us is we feel discouraged because we have an expectation that we should have arrived. This is coming back to this whole idea of shoulding. And so the only way that we continue on is if we feel like continuing is meaningful. Which is a duh kind of moment, but it's good to think through this process because it allows us to identify why we give up and why we stop. And if you think back to any time that you've given up on your diet, you've most likely gone into a part where it felt like the effort that you were putting in was so difficult for very little or less return on your investment, less outcome than what you would have expected at that point we can do hard things when we expect that they are going to be that hard and we can see the outcomes we can see that we are actually having some kind of good result we can always do difficult 
processes like we do hard things all the time we are able to persevere in a lot of different areas of our life but we have ways that those things are meaningful and that we feel like we're making some kind of progress we give up when we no longer believe that in order to stay consistent we have to be able to navigate struggle in a meaningful way this will be the reason that most people get up out of bed and they go to their jobs it's a reasonable return for remuneration it's a reasonable struggle to go to work every day if you are getting enough money to support your endeavors because you were going versus if you were to stay home and stay in bed which I'm sure most of us would rather do And most likely you have some kind of destination in mind that is worth you continuing on in that struggle. And for the work analogy, a lot of the time that's just the weekend. It doesn't have to be retirement or getting to the end of your life or getting some kind of pay rise. Some of it is that, but most of it is just I get to stop and I get to sleep in on Saturday. The destination is nice and it's pretty and it's why we're on the journey itself. But if that's not rewarding, then we won't continue on if it's not meaningful. So the moment that we start to shift our perspective on what the journey should look like, our expectation is going to either create meaning for it or it's going to mean that it's something that we hate. This is the coolest part about understanding mindset. People talk a lot about how much mindset relates to weight loss and how it's it's kind of everything. I don't think mindset is everything, but I think perspective is incredibly important because perspective changes how we view the world. It's the lens that allows us to either see it as wonderful and beautiful and positive or to see it as terrible and horrible and that there's no opportunity for us to change when you think about what our perspective is our perspective is our ability to hope it's our ability to continue on and know that there is meaning in what we are doing and we can change that regardless of whether our circumstances do or not I love this idea of viewing my life as a story and A lot of it comes because there is significant challenges in what I'm going through. And I was very blessed to have a mentor a couple of years ago. And he would constantly say to me, Charles, the challenges that you're facing with your husband having MS and the continual progression of that and how you guys have had to deal with that in your marriage and and navigating that with your kids and disappointment and so much grief and so many times when we just wanted to give up that story is going to inspire so many people the fact that you were depressed and borderline suicidal when you got pregnant with next and with next diagnosis and that you felt like everything was unfair and then realized that you had to change your response and started a little food business which failed and you learned so much and then started this online business and lost the weight before that as this timeline is getting mucked up and then overcame just so many things along the way and that story is going to mean something for someone and he said this to me so many times 
that my story was meaningful that I actually started to believe it and I'm a a big story buff I love this challenge that this, the hero faces I love listening to music that talks about the struggles that someone has overcome like this is I heard this thing once I thought it was fascinating that people who see themselves as entrepreneurs or uh, people who are trying to build something artists anyone like that they quite often like listening to hip-hop which is oftentimes about the fight and the struggle rather than just the heart ache of a breakup which is not my vibe in any way and that's it's for that reason because there's something so satisfying about the struggle when we allow ourselves to see it in that context and when we change our perspective to that being a meaningful process the mundane the boring the step-by-step the rocky montage that does last five years and that that is the story not the beginning and not the end that really the meat of it the thing that keeps us turning pages and keeps us watching and keeps us enthralled and crying and laughing and identifying with that main character is all the things that we're currently experiencing that we hate and that we say are worthless. That all of the best bits happen in the middle. And when you look back on all the struggles of your life, when you look back at childbirth or going through a difficult patch in your marriage and then coming out the end of that or going through a breakup and then becoming a stronger person for that of getting to your lowest point and then fighting and crawling your way back of building a business of having kids and then raising them all of these things that are most meaningful have the most difficult boring long arduous journey along the way but then when we look back at them we always think those were some of the best times and wouldn't it be cool if we could just appreciate them now I think back to the messy middle of me losing weight and it's so easy for me to be here talking to you about what weight loss is when I'm on the other side But I want you to remember that I went through all of that as well. The only difference is that there's more time for me to actually have changed. That I went through and I did my time. I think about this a lot when we're talking to clients. And one of the questions that I like to ask people is, if you were to get to your goal weight right now, if I could snap my fingers, wave a magic wand and transport you into who you want to be would you have the behavior the habits the perseverance the history that is required for you to maintain that are you now the kind of person that is going to maintain that lean body and enjoy that for the rest of your life most of the time the answer is no and the answer is actually always no because we haven't done our time So when we see this messy middle and we see this process as a meaningful journey that should feel hard because heroes overcome hard things and that it's okay that it's unfair and the odds are stacked in our favor like they are for every single character and that that has more meaning because of it, then we start to go, hey, it's okay. I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to go through this. 
I'm going to see every single mundane step as a necessary part of the process. And then we start to take that radical responsibility. Because here's the thing, and I alluded to this before, very beginning of the podcast, no one is coming to save us. Nobody. You are the hero of your story. You are the main character of your story. You are not a side character to your story. You will need to overcome all odds and obstacles for you to succeed. The more obstacles that you have to succeed, the harder it is, the more meaningful that struggle will be and the more meaningful that reward will feel. It's going to require uncomfortable, unfair, consistent challenges. No matter how hard they are, you're going to have to take responsibility for your response, no ifs or buts. The moment that you start accepting this is the moment that you're well on your way to true change. And I truly believe that nobody can make consistent real change until they start to take that responsibility for their outcomes. And still they, until they start to go, hey, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Nobody's coming to save me. I've got to get into a new environment. I've got to invest in a program. I've got to get around a, a new pe- set of people. I've got to set new boundaries. I've got to buy new things. I've got to, I've got to do something different. I can't just keep waiting around for my metabolism to magically magically be better and for myself to magically get younger. It's not going to happen. So you're the hero. You're going to have some challenges along the way. It's a positive, wonderful, amazing thing. But how the heck do we actually change the outcome in the story? This is the most important. It's all important. Okay. It's all really, really important. But most of us have a why. We have a direction. We have the I think it's you can listen to this podcast and you can go yeah sure like I can I can get that I can see myself as the hero of my story but I've got no evidence that I overcome obstacles and that's where we're going to change things because when we use a behavioral change toolkit we can actually bypass the need for what is typically called motivation and typical motivational content books Instagram accounts stories, movies, all these things, it all fails because we have the desire to change and we don't know how to actually do it or do it consistently. So let's change that. Here's the thing that's really important. If you want to change this, listen up really, really carefully. Take the wax out of your ears, stop your kids screaming, park the car on the side of the road, get a notebook out, do whatever you have to do, hop out of the shower, turn off the shower for a second. Accept and understand that the reason heroes are rare Like we're talking 1%, 0.1%. They are rare because humans, humans are hardwired to do the easiest, laziest, most comfortable, funnest things. So if you accept that right now, if you're not consistently doing very difficult things and forcing yourself to act despite not wanting to, If you're not consistently saying no to things that you said you were going to say no to, even when it hurts, if you're not consistently showing up for yourself in a way that is difficult when the going gets tough, then you're normal. (laughs) Welcome to the club. You're like most of us. And then you are a baby in your little hero's journey. You are Bilbo at the start of The Hobbit who is reluctantly walking out his front door. And that's the first step. 
And ultimately, you're going to overcome very a, a number of difficult obstacles. But to begin with, you have to build trust in yourself and you have to start keeping commitments to yourself, which builds what we call discipline. And then once you have that in small areas, then you need to be able to, to that will move on and that will translate into bigger areas. I love this quote. I think it comes from the Bible. And it says that, I always say quote and then I don't quote it. I just paraphrase it. So get used to that. It talks about how if we can be, if we don't have stewardship or we're not trustworthy in the little things, then we won't be trustworthy in the big things. So we have to be trustworthy in the little things before then we can expect that we're going to be able to follow through on the big things because the hero is going to be required to do a lot of difficult stuff. They are going to have to push themselves when they're uncomfortable. And if you're not used to doing that, then you cannot expect yourself to suddenly change overnight and start doing hard things if you don't have an environment set up to do that, if you don't have things that are forcing you to make that happen, like a military officer saying, run, run another five miles, get down on the ground, dude, give me 20. If you don't have a change in circumstance, then just because you feel more motivated and you listen to a phenomenal podcast from a Kiwi standing in their room on a Friday night, then you're not actually going to change. You have to prove yourself to yourself through evidence that you're the hero. So this is this is bridging that gap between the conceptual and the eerie theory. I'm a hero. I'm amazing. Like I can do wonderful things. And then actually starting to solidify that through behavior. And the 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 fuel that we have, the I don't even know. I wish I knew more about fuel so I could really drive home this analogy. The rocket fuel, the most pure form of power for whatever thing that we have for our lives comes from seeing progress any progress that you make makes it satisfying to keep going it makes the journey meaningful so we're motivated by pleasure at a very base level and so feeling like we're making progress which is inherently pleasurable is going to allow us to keep going. So we have to reward the journey in order to continue having that motivation to struggle on. And then the more we do that, the more that we find ways to bypass motivation so that we can continue doing those kind of behaviors that are changing the outcome of our lives. Ultimately, that one step in front of the other to to carry on down the path of change, the more we do that, the the millions of little steps that we take that are going to turn us into that person, ultimately we build habits and then we don't need motivation anymore because we have muscle memory, we have brain memory. The more reps that you put in, the more that those things become second nature. And this is why we have habits. This is why building habits is the bedrock to all change. And I would argue, and I have, and I will continue to stand on that, that we can make teeny tiny changes. We can have habits that 
feel like they are meaningless in their smallness achieve greater things than going to a conference and listening to a motivational speaker and looking at a movie or seeing someone achieve something wonderful or having a a, a come to Jesus moment if you will if I can use that term but then that not actually translating into consistent action habits allow us to bypass all of those big pivotal things that we think we need in order to change and change us under the radar because habits are just our default patterns of behavior and we talked about before where are you going what does your future look like have you achieved something in the next 10 years different to the trajectory of your life currently have you built new patterns of behavior for yourself you are getting somewhere right now your behavior and the patterns and be- and habits that you have today are going to lead you somewhere we all have habits The question is, is it where you want to be? Keisha, who is a wonderful friend, uh, part of the Lean of Plants team, has lost nearly 80 pounds. I can't believe that. Inside a Lean of Plants. Phenomenal human. She was telling me that when she first started learning about habits, she thought, I don't have any. I don't have any habits. (laughs) And then what she learned further down the road once she learned more about them was that she had a lot of habits that were just a lot of bad habits and that's the case for all of us is we all have habits habits are just those default behaviors and the reason that we make habits is coming back to the reason that heroes are rare and that's that we're hardwired to do the easiest laziest most comfortable fun things and so habits allow us to do this because it means we're not putting so much mental and physical energy into those behaviors that are ultimately good or bad for us because our brain is deciding to reward certain behaviors with chemicals like dopamine like serotonin and then telling us hey like this is great this feels good you eat a donut wow I get a surge of amazing feelings inside of my brain inside of my mouth this is amazing keep doing that keep doing that behavior you've just learned that this is a good behavior you do that hundreds of times that's a habit you know that that's how it works so when we change our habits we change the outcomes of our lives we change that as a driver and who we become tomorrow is going to be determined by those habits that we have today so habits allow us to be lazier and they follow a consistent pattern this is the cool part because once we know this we can start to hijack it we have a trigger which is the cue this is what prompts us to have some kind of craving that's the second step and then from there our our bodies or our minds whatever we're going to respond in some way and then we get some kind of reward this is how those patterns of behavior form because our brain is realizing that with a certain stimulation and a certain response we get either a pleasurable or a negative outcome and then we either do the things that are quote-unquote good for us or we stay clear of them if we see a fire and it's pretty and we feel like oh I want to touch that and then we respond and we touch it and it doesn't feel good and it burns us then we're not gonna keep on doing that because if we didn't have this hardwired into us we'd probably be dead as a society so when we look at that then we've got triggers slash cues 
If we want to change behavior, we can change them. We can get in an environment that makes hard things more satisfying and pushes you to do them, and then at the same time makes staying the same less satisfying and more painful. This is all about changing your environment, because if you have a cue currently where you feel sad and then it triggers you to go to the have a craving for some kind of junky food and then your response is that you go to the fridge and you look and you see that there is some donuts left over in there and then you pick them up and you eat them as a response and you get a reward of a dopamine hit again then if you were to simply never be sad then maybe you'd never feel like eating a donut probably not going to happen (laughs) maybe it's happy maybe you just need to not have emotions and become an ai robot and that would solve everything I've thought this many many times but a lot of our cues actually come from seeing smelling hearing things or a lot of our our triggers are in a response to environments that we've always had if we're hanging out with people that go and get a donut that's going to be a very different trigger it's going to be a trigger for the behaviors that you're trying to stop versus if you go and you hang out with someone that goes for a run If you go to your fridge and you have a look because you're hungry and you see some delicious fruit there on the shelf, that's going to be a very different trigger than if you go and you open there and there's cake or there's leftover burgers or there's leftover Thai food or whatever else it is. This is the reason that people who are getting sober will do what to most of us would seem crazy, like driving a different route to work walking down different streets, getting alcohol out of their house because they're trying to change their environment to make a behavior less likely. And I'm going to cut right to the chase here. The, The easiest way that you can change your environment is to get around people who are pushing you to do things outside of your comfort zone where you have consistent triggers, whether that is with coaching, accountability, getting into a new group of people that are emulating the behaviors that you want, getting around people, getting away from people that are doing things that you don't want to be doing. If you're going out with your drinking buddies every weekend, go out with the people that go for a run. Get around those people. Take radical responsibility to find them. We have a coaching program. That is why this podcast runs, is so that I can help women on a deeper level with our program. Get involved if this is something that you want to do. Take radical responsibility for getting around those things that are going to change your environment and change your triggers. If your environment right now has got cookies and donuts and chips and you're buying them for your spouse and your your teenage kids and you're continuing on with that behavior, I just want to remind you nothing changes, nothing changes. Are you going to take radical responsibility or are you going to make an excuse? Like, what would the hero do in that situation? Change your environment. You bypass the need for motivation. If you've relied on some kind of moment where you're like, you know what, this is it. I'm never going to eat those chips again that are sitting in the cupboard. I'm never going to binge. I'm going to get serious. And then you've done that before. And that's that pattern of behavior. You've told yourself that. And then when that pain and you've listened to this podcast and you go away and you've, you've stop looking at that before and after picture of some girl on the internet and then you have a bad day and that same trigger is there and that ice cream is calling to you you're gonna eat it and this is why I I, I, I keep saying I truly believe but I, I so have seen this work in phenomenal ways with people 
is that if you really do accept that fact that you are hardwired to do the easiest, laziest, most comfortable things, then you can start working with that, not against it. The people that I consistently see who do not reach their goals are the people who try to act in spite of that. They go, no, what, you know what, I do have motivation. I do have the ability to say no when they have no evidence that that is actually the case. I won't eat the chips that I bought for my husband. It's like, please be honest with yourself at the very least. And if that is not conducive, if those triggers that you currently have, then you can change. You can become the hero of your story. You can massively change the output of your life simply by changing the cues in your environment. Go do that right now. Pause, pause this episode and then come back. The second part of forming a habit is cravings. And so cravings is what happens when we have the cue. We see something, we want it. So if you make it harder to give in to cravings, aka fall into bad behaviors, then you're going to put barriers between yourself and your typical response. This is pattern interrupt. When I think about building a habit or specifically breaking a, a bad habit, then you want to put as many pattern interrupts as possible and as many barriers to that response so that it's much harder to give into cravings because you are going to have those moments where you want to fall into what would be normal for you because that's what is, what are we going to say? Easiest, laziest, most comfortable, most fun. That's why we exist and we have survived as a, as a society is because our brains are hardwired to do that. It does not mean that you are a failure in any way. If you want to start a good behavior or start a good habit, then we've got to make it attractive and interesting for us to want to actually continue. And a big part of this, again, is getting around people who emulate those kind of things because then it starts to feel like, well, I want to do that. I want to be that kind of person. This person's eating a baked potato and enjoying it. I'm going to crave a baked potato and enjoy it. You can also add in behaviors that are already satisfying and then add something onto that which is unsatisfying so if you already have an established habit which you do crave and that you do enjoy then simply adding something that you want to have which is in essence habit stacking is going to make that much easier actually I was talking to someone today shout out if you're listening and she was telling me how she has this kind of guilty pleasure of listening watching some uh, reality tv show and she watches it while walking on her treadmill so she gets that craving she gets to do something that she enjoys while she's doing something difficult and hard and when you're thinking about this from a conceptual level like i really would recommend reading uh, atomic habits he talks about this a lot but when you're thinking about this conceptually all you really need to think about is is this going to make it easier for me is this going to be more fun is it going to be really obvious is it going to be really attractive is it going to be really rewarding and satisfying is it going to be something that I I want to do and if you make the good habits that you're trying to build fit all of those boxes where you think okay even a child who has no motivation no willpower could do this and love it and enjoy it and want to continue then you most likely will as well and in the same vein if you make it so difficult so hard so uncomfortable 
and all these barriers and so invisible to you so out of out of mind so that you've now put a million barriers to interrupt your default behaviors the bad habits that you're trying to break then you're very unlikely to continue on with them you just need to stop trying to use willpower you need to just stop thinking that it's all about having motivation because we've already dismissed or deconstructed what motivation actually means this is motivation right here coming back to that definition it's the process that guides and maintains maintains and guides goal-oriented behaviors. So use what we know about behavioral change rather than just thinking that you can somehow be superhuman and bypass that. You'll get there. You'll get there along the journey. The hero starts with one step out of the front door. The third thing on this in terms of habit building is our response. This is the action that we take. And so if we want to have more actions that align with who we want to be, then we need to make them so small, consistent, repeatable micro goals that are outcome driven, as in they are going to lead you to that goal, but that they are rewardable in the moment. Because the more that we repeat something, the more we will get it as a habit and the smaller it is, the more that we're going to need or not need motivation and the more that it's small, the more consistent that we can be. So if you think about this like starting a habit of going to the gym, rather than having a habit of going and working out five days a week, which is going to require a ton of consistent action, it's going to require you to do very difficult things because you're not going to want to do that every day. You're actually going to hate it and you're going to be busy. Rather than doing that, you could have a micro goal of putting on your gym clothes every day. And that that's really the beginning of a habit. It's the start of that process that then is going to allow you to build enough repetition to continue to layer on top of it. And the same way with trying to break a response just put barriers in the way if you have a response that is typical for you then add more and more pattern interrupts and these can be big and they can be small it can be things like putting all your treats on a high shelf it could be getting the treats out of your environment so that you can't get to them even if you do have that cue to eat them It's essentially setting that bar lower and just making things easier for yourself or harder, having accountability. Having accountability is a huge part of this because it's now very unsatisfying and difficult for you. There's a barrier there to following through on a default response that is now going to be somewhat painful because someone else knows about it. And what this does is this allows you to build trust in your ability to keep promises to yourself. This is a huge one when it comes to actually building small habits because you're you're building from the ground up. In some ways, that's e- I don't want to say it's easier, but process-wise, if you want to break a bad habit, you can put so many obstacles that it just becomes almost impossible. But if you want to build a consistent habit, then you're going to have to do something consistently that is just not part of your behavior. They're both hard. They, they really are. But we can make them easier. And then we start to say, hey, I said that I was going to go to the gym or put my workout gear on five times a week. And I did it. I actually did it. And I'm the, now the kind of person that does what I said I did. And so now when you go to actually go to the gym and walk in the door, you can do that 
because you've been proven to yourself that you are capable of that. And you don't need to just start small. I'm a real firm believer in changing your entire environment and using all of these as levers so that you can actually make bigger changes faster. But you're going to, it requires more, it requires more skin in the game. It requires more investment. It requires you to have more people around you. And this is why I always invest in coaching. I always try to get around people. I went to Florida recently because I was like, you know what, if I want to level up in my business and what I'm doing, then I need to be serious about that. I'm going to go to Florida so I can be around the people that are going to help me to do that. I'm going to read the books that are required for me to do that. I'm going to make the commitment device. I'm going to say online, hey, I'm going to the gym five times a week. I'm going to do everything that is necessary for me to make that behavior more likely so that I can actually achieve those outcomes. But we still can use the power of teeny tiny habits so that we can build on top of them. And especially going back to default tiny habits when you're finding that the big ones, you you can't follow through on the big one. So I use this a lot with working out or even with eating. If I'm not going to have like the absolute best meal, it's not all or nothing. Because all or nothing behavior always confirms what you already believe about yourself and that's your failure. All or nothing behavior confirms a behavior that you are someone who gives up and you cannot overcome that. The more that you do all or nothing behavior, the more you solidify that identity for yourself. You want to change that identity? Just do something slightly better. It is as simple as that. If you struggle with all or nothing behavior, the answer is not more all or nothing behavior. If you struggle with all or nothing behavior, you need to practice mediocre behavior so that you can start to break that identity. That if it's not good or 100% perfect, it's breaking perfectionism. If it's not 100% perfect, it's not worth doing. That's not going to get you to your goals. It doesn't get you. Like it's, I don't know a single person that, that has ever helped them get to their goals. Everyone I know who is a perfectionist finds it harder to achieve things. They are typically more behind in their work. They typically achieve less career-wise, business-wise, fitness-wise. Honestly, most of the time the people that are like dumb <laughs> and they don't care if it's perfect or not achieve a million times more than the people that do and I've done a podcast episode about this as well so go check that out if you identify as a high achiever and a perfectionist because it's going to break down a lot of those beliefs and help you to have some tools on how to deal with that so having this bar set much lower allows you to break that behavior and build that trust the final part of building a habit is reward We have to reward the process. We have to reward progress. We have to gamify it. So this, it can be very, very simple. And we just want to make it satisfying. We want to make all these teeny tiny steps, any kind of sign of progress satisfying. Because if we don't do that, and you think about this hero's journey, and you think about finding and sustaining motivation, we're never going to do that if we're not actually enjoying or finding meaning in that struggle. And so if we're constantly saying, hey, you're not where you need to be, you should have been further ahead than this, are we going to be motivated to continue on? No, because we're never where we need to be. We're never where we should be. So therefore, we're always failing. If you feel like a failure, you're going to be demotivated. 
So reward every single step. I really like to reward processes instead of outcomes because it's processes, otherwise known as habits, it's our actions day to day that ultimately lead to the goal. We can't skip to the goal itself, so we may as well reward the processes that allow us to get closer. So these will be things like eat my vegetables every day, eat one pound of vegetables, get my step goal in every day, starting really small so they actually get out, get out for a 10 minute or a five minute walk. I've got a skate ramp. So for me, that would be things like spending five minutes on that skate ramp a day rather than thinking I have to go out and do an hour or I have to land some kind of trick. It's very unmotivating if the only way that I can win and that I can be rewarded in the process of myself learning to skate is if I land a trick. What if that trick which they do, takes months and months and months of consistent struggle and effort and practice to learn, then I'm never going to be actually motivated to go and do it because I can't win. So that becomes a meaningless endeavor unless I flip the switch and I go every single time I try that that is now worthwhile. And I go, well done. That's amazing. You did it. You tried. Now do that 50, 100 1,500 more times, and then you'll, you maybe you'll be at your goal by then. So reward effort, not just outcomes. Reward overcoming obstacles. Make it satisfying to have mediocre effort to do the next tiny little thing rather than just giving up if that's what you normally do. If you're, if you're pattern interrupting your default behavior, if you're doing something mediocre when you'd normally give up, then you've made a monumental leap. So reward that. No matter how small it feels in your brain, if it's objectively better than what you'd normally do, then reward that. It's a baby step. You're just a baby. Remember that. Making progress along the storyline is satisfying in your mind. And you're going to see that as more satisfying because you see that as a vital part of the journey, not just the outcome. What we're really trying to achieve here is becoming that badass hero. It's doing hard things. It's keeping your word to yourself and it's overcoming obstacles. And so when we do this in the small, when we do this because we have systems set up that allow us to make changes and bypass the need for tons of willpower and motivation, then we can do them repetitively and then over time we become that person. I had a conversation with someone the other day, you know who you are, and they were saying that the biggest thing that's changed for them, and they've lost a lot of weight, is that rather than now things like running an ultra marathon or running a business or any of these difficult hard things, they used to see those as impossible. They used to see those things as there's no way that I can ever do that. But now they go, I know if I put in the work, if I get in the right environment and if I want to achieve it, I can. Not just that I can, but I will. And that level of assurance only comes because you have proven to yourself consistently that you are the kind of person that overcomes those challenges. That when there's a door that needs knocking down, you will do it because that's just who you are. You become this person with consistent practice and consistently overcoming obstacles in some more small way, and then larger ways, and I, I truly believe, and I've said this a million times, you can, this could be like a drinking podcast, hydrate every time Charles says, I truly believe, you will be super hydrated by the end of it, go back and listen, game on, let's do this, but I really do truly believe that the more we allow ourselves to 
in some ways romanticize the struggle, romanticize the beauty of meaningful challenges and see ourselves as this main character looking back on our lives through this context of, hey, it's all messy. It's all the middle. And one day we're going to look back and we're going to be on our deathbeds. And we may as well have had that be something that was worth talking about. We may as well have struggled well. We may as well have had the response despite all obstacles because the alternative is the villain or the victim. And if we see our lives through that context, it becomes so much, it becomes paradoxically so much easier. We take more responsibility, we do harder things, but our our lives become far more enjoyable and we actually do get those outcomes. I'm going to leave it here. I always worry about the weirdest things. I always worry that I'm just repeating everything that I've said a million times and that I'm so obsessed about this hero's journey and you have to hear it all over again. So it would really encourage me if you could let me know if this was helpful in any way. It really helps when you leave a review, send me a DM. Reviews are amazing because it tells other people that this is actually a worthwhile podcast to listen to because you think about how we're all hardwired to be lazy and want to do easy things. The majority of people will never give this podcast a review. So if you want to start being a hero, go do something difficult. (laughs) Go overcome an obstacle and actually leave this podcast a review it would mean the world to me um, and it helps get the message out if you did find this helpful and if you didn't then I'm sorry I just wasted an hour and 13 minutes of your time go crush it this week I believe in you and if you want more help personally from myself and the team we have a proven formula that uses habits accountability and behavioral change in order for you to get to your goals and we are working with serious women who are ready to become the heroes of their story you can find out more in the description we would love to work with you if that is you all right i'll see you next week for another episode bye